fantasy managers hello and welcome to the very first preview show for the ucl fantasy for the 2021 and 2022 season today i'm joined by the guru as me and him are going to go through the the must play the must have players to have in your teams and all sorts of things ucl fantasy we'll, we'll take you through our draft teams as well we touched on it briefly on friday night with the the fpl team selection podcast but we've got our undivided attention on ucl fantasy for today's show so guru you're in a barcelona shirt today no Spurs shirt for you, no Newcastle shirt for me. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, look, I'm great, Elliot. Just so excited for this Champions League uh, fantasy. You know, it's uh, giving me a few throwbacks to, you know, the Euro fantasy we uh, just did. And yeah, can't wait. Obviously, a different rule set to FPL um, and just so much talent to pick from. Um, yeah, obviously a bit gutted that my team Spurs aren't in it. But, you know, I'm repping the, uh, the Barca shirt for this one. Um, you know, love watching them play. And uh, yeah, just can't wait for this this fantasy to get underway. Love love fantasy football, um, and this is going to be big. I think. Yeah, we won't hold you for too long. We'll, we'll just take you through the the codes and how you sort of got to enter now at the beginning, and then we'll get into the the nuts and bolts of uh, the match day one for UCL fantasy. So for the free mini, the code is eight zero. DVZL5S06. And if you want to join the paid league, it's only 10 Aussie dollars. There's a cash pool of 250 Aussie dollars or 150 Great British pounds. So head to www.e-sportslivenow.com.au slash FPL addicts for all the details on how to join in there. And Guru, you know, 10 Aussie dollars, it's not much. It's like the Euros. The Euros League was very competitive. Um, you know, we ended up getting a lot on our free mini and our paid mini. So it was it was a really good experience, wasn't it? And, you know, the obviously it, it was just good fun and it, it filled the void. And as we've said, you build your team for UCL. You don't have to think about it till February after the group stage is done. So it's a really good opportunity to to get some more fantasy into you, isn't it? Oh, this is a great opportunity. It's a good, you know, you can get some good fantasy experience, something a bit different to FPL. You know, $10 uh, to enter the paid league, it's, you know, it's a really good value. Um, and yeah, I can't wait for it. I think the rules are you know, really interesting in this, um, in this Champions League fantasy, similar to the Euros. You can change your captains, you can change your teams to so get a lot more flexibility. Um, and you can kind of set and forget, you know, you play your six match days um, and then you leave your team till February and you can kind of rest on it. So um, yeah, it's a really flexible game and you get to pick amongst the, uh, the best players in world football. So yeah, it's just exciting stuff. It absolutely is. And I'll bring up my share screen now so we can start going through the group stages. I said we'll get into the nuts and bolts of things. So I think the first group that we've got to go through, Guru, is Group A. It's probably going to be Brandish as the, the group of death for this tournament. I think, you know, Man City, PSG, Leipzig and Club Bruges. It would be it would take a miracle for Bruges to somehow survive this, you'd, you'd think, wouldn't you? Yeah, look, I agree. I think uh, Bruges are definitely the team there where you'd you know potentially think well, they're, they're bottom of it now. You'd probably anticipate that's where they're going to stay um, once all the games are done as well. And then, you know, the likes of City, Paris, you know, and Leipzig in there, you've got the kind of, they call it like the oil classic oil. between City and, and PSG. And then, you know, Leipzig have kind of come in from, from nowhere with uh, with Red Bull uh, backing them. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a really, uh, really tasty group, this one. And there's a lot of talent in, uh, you know, in, in a lot of these clubs. And yeah, I can't wait for this one. 
Yeah, and Bruges obviously are without their uh, their star striker from last season and the season before. Dennis, I remember uh, when they played Real Madrid a couple of seasons ago, he's obviously at Watford now, so they are without him as well. And it doesn't look like they've strengthened too much. So it is going to be a difficult one for them. But, you know, in terms of the rest of the group guru, PSG are obviously, I would say, probably the favourites on paper to, to go on and win this tournament. There's a lot of quality, you know, Mbappe, Neymar, Messi. The list really goes on. But, you know, in terms of the assets, you know, do you want to overhaul on PSG? You know, they do have a, a fairly tough group and, you know, if they're playing Man City and the likes of Leipzig on, you know, the first couple of game weeks, you know, it might be a bit difficult for them. So do you think it's a, it's a smart strategy to, to go with as many PSG players as you can? Um, look, I think from an attacking perspective, they're going to score goals, um, you know, in most games. So, you know, I think you, you'd want to be looking at the likes of Messi, Neymar, um, of course, from an attacking perspective. Um, and then I think with their fullbacks, um, are going to get forward. You've got Hakimi in there. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, you could probably maybe overload on a, at least two of them. Um, you know, as PSG, I think they're a, a fixture-proof side regardless of who they play. Um, you know, I'd, I'd expect them to, you know, qualify comfortably, um, you know, and, and, you know, get a lot of points for us. So, yeah, I'd, I'd be uh, definitely looking at PSG players if you can fit them in. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously Man City, they need no explanation. We know them all too well. It's uh, it's not just Pep Roulette for FPL. It's also Pep Roulette with the Champions League as well. And, you know, that sort of just exacerbates, uh, you know, Pep and his ability, you know, to, to just rotate these players out and makes it so much harder for fantasy managers. But there are a couple of assets from last season that I just want to touch on ever so quickly. You know, your man, Ilkay Gundogan, had a brilliant campaign in the Champions League last season. Man City obviously were finalists in the end, came up short against Chelsea in the final. But, you know, you know, it's those sort of budget midfielders like Gundogan that you've got to sort of try and find a way to incorporate in your team because there's so much value in the forwards guru. So do you think, you know, the likes of um, your, your Gundogans and those sorts of players for Man City are going to be good value in this group? Oh, yeah, I totally agree. I think Gundogan um, has a huge chance of doing well in this because, you know, you're going to potentially get some set-piece threats from him. Um, you know, he's got an eye for goal. And also in this uh, Champions League format, you get a point for every three ball recoveries. And, you know, Gundogan's known to, um, you know, he wins the ball back quite quickly. Um, a lot of those Man City players do. Um, so, yeah, I think Gundogan, type of player that you'd, you'd get a lot of value out of um, in this comp. Um, and I think also we see a lot of rotation in the Premier League from Pep. Um, so, you know, the players that might not play on a weekly basis in the Premier League, your Mahrez's, your Sterling's, um, you know, they're definitely ones to, to keep an eye out from uh, from City, I think, in this comp. Yeah, it just makes it that little bit more, you know, difficult and easy because you can sort of take a, a guess with the players that are rested on the weekend that you'd like to hope they'd be played midweek in the Champions League. But um, RB Leipzig are the third team that I want to discuss. And there's not too much to discuss about them these days. You know, I was talking to, to Oli about it last night on the watch along. You know, they sort of just get everything poached by Bayern Munich these days. You know, they're sort of the, the feeder club, if you will, to them. So they've lost a lot of their quality. But, you know, do you see them sort of finishing in that third position? Not too much about F, uh, UCL fantasy for them in my opinion do you sort of see it the same I think so I think um, you know Man City and, and PSG squads are just so strong um, you know it's going to be very tough for Leipzig I think to you know come into that top two they've obviously lost a bit so recently to Bayern Munich who was one of their star players so um, you know Werner the season before who was really good for them um, so I think uh, you know it's going to be very tough for Leipzig Um and I, look, they've still got a lot of good players, but um, yeah, I think uh, for them to come out of this group in the top two, it's, it's going to be difficult. 
Yeah, I think the the group as it stands now, the only change I would make is put PSG on top. And I think that's probably the way that Group A is going to finish. But as we said, a lot of good fantasy assets in that group. If we move on to Group B now, Guru, it's another fairly solid group, fairly competitive. You know, it's not got the the world beaters of, you know, the, the PSGs who probably have the best team on paper uh, in the world at the minute. But, you know, Atletico Madrid, Liverpool, they're two teams that aren't going to be easy to beat for Porto and AC Milan. And I, I want to talk about Atletico Madrid first because I've noticed when I was building my team there's, there's a fair few um sort of cheap defenders from Atletico Madrid the four and a half millions um that you know they play with a back three these days so there's a lot of value in AC Milan's defenders and obviously they are known to be a fairly defensive side so do you think there's a lot of uh, sort of maybe hidden gems in that in that Atletico Madrid team oh yeah of course we all know how you know Diego Simeone likes to play um you know he's a very defensive manager keeps it tight um, you know, sides are always very strong and tough to beat. So, you know, there's definitely going to be a couple of, uh, you know, hidden gems, a couple of players to look out for in that defence for Atletico. Um, look, Liverpool games will be tough, but you probably expect them to be quite tight as well. So, um, yeah, there's definitely some clean clean sheet potential here from uh, from Atletico. Yeah, absolutely. And Liverpool, probably the only team that I can see spoiling their parade in this group. You know, they've got the likes of Mohamed Salah, Diego Jota had a, a great campaign in the Champions League last season. I remember his hat-trick against Atalanta. It's those sort of midfielders, I think, for Liverpool. And, you know, the likes of Fabinho at five and a half million that are going to be some really good value. But do you think Mohamed Salah is sort of an essential player to have in your teams? I think look, if you can fit him in and can afford him, I think, yeah, he's, uh, so he's one of many. But... Um, yeah, looking at this group, I think the Porto fixture, um, possibly even the Milan fixture, you know, I've seen some amazing Liverpool versus AC Milan games down the years. Obviously got the two Champions League finals, Istanbul. They're always pretty open affairs. So, um, yeah, I can see Salah, um, you know, grabbing goals in this comp just like he does in the Premier League. So, um, yeah, it could be a pretty essential, uh, essential pick. Yeah, he seems to score for fun these days. And as Daniel said, Atletico Madrid have a crazy squad this season, unreal depth. And I agree with you. I was looking at their lineups when I was building my team and they seem to rotate a fair bit and they seem to be able to afford to because they're still getting the results that they are, that they intend to as well. So I think they're definitely a, a team that maybe aren't going under the radar, but definitely one to, to look out for, especially their defenders, I would say. And obviously the likes of Antoine Griezmann, Guru, has just transferred back. You know, the Luis Suarez is um, absolutely brilliant players that are going to, I'm sure, score goals in this competition you'd like to think yeah look you just you just raised a great point too there with Suarez you know we're going to have Suarez returning to Anfield with uh, Atletico Madrid I know he's returned there with Barcelona before but you know that's going to be brilliant and you know got Griezmann in there as well so yeah two really good striking options um you know from an Atletico perspective so yeah it's really going to be a really exciting group I think this one yeah, and as Jack's just said in the, the live comments, let us know what your thoughts and what we're saying and any questions that you may have, drop them in the live comments. He says Trippier is at 5 million and Correa is at 7 million. They're two brilliant assets as well. Trippier, you obviously get the, the set piece threat and everything like that, the free kicks, the corner. So I think he's a really good option. Um, but I do think with Atletico Madrid, there's a lot of 4.5 million sort of the, the centre-backs that they've got, which also pose a, a similar threat. But I think Trippier at 5 million is a brilliant shout. But FC Porto guru, do you see... You know, I can see them probably finishing bottom of this group if I'm completely honest. Completely honest. Do you think they can do anything here? And you know, is there any sort of assets that you've had your eye on that you think could be worthwhile? Um, look, I've actually not looked too much into the Porto uh, fancy assets so far. And um, if I'm being honest, I've kind of more looked towards sort of heavy hitters and been attracted to the to the big guns. So there's not too many from Porto that I uh, 
you know, I would say going to go into my side. Um, I think it could be a, a scrap between a third and um, place between them and AC Milan, to be honest. Yeah, I would definitely agree with you. One of them, one of those two you'd probably think is going to be dropping down into the Europa League. But as you mentioned, AC Milan, we've had a lot of brilliant games with Liverpool in the past, but they're definitely not the team um, that they used to be, are they? They've definitely fallen off a fair bit. Um, they signed Giroud in the summer for Kai Tomori, transferred there last season. So they're trying to strengthen and build something. They actually did fairly decent in the Serie A uh, last season as well. So, you know, you don't expect them to finish in the top two in this group, but they've got a, a couple of assets. I'll definitely be keeping my eye on Olivier Giroud. He was brilliant for Chelsea in the Champions League last season. I know as a, an ex-Arsenal and Chelsea man, you're probably not going to be too keen on him, but do you think he's uh, going to be a good fit for a lot of people's teams? I, look, I do. I think, um, you know, obviously, he's had the, uh, the history of playing for the two uh, London rivals uh, of my club, but, um, you know, from a fancy perspective, he always delivers, he grabs goals. And it's always a very good uh, priced asset as well. So, yeah, I do like his potential. There's obviously Zlatan uh, in there as well. So, um, you know, that's going to be uh, massive in this group. You've got some just unbelievable talent in this in this group. So, um, yeah, but Giroud for me, yeah, not a bad um, bad differential type of player. Potentially a bit of enabler because you know, it was a lot cheaper than those, uh, those premium t- uh, strikers that we've seen so far in this game. And that really is, you know, the essence of it was the essence of the Euro fantasy. And I think it's the essence of the, the Champions League one as well, Guru, isn't it? It's the, the really expensive strikers that you've really got to have in your teams for these sort of tournament style games, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Uh, especially when you've got the, you know, the option to rotate your captain. So, um, you know, on the first sort of match day, um, day of the match day, you can have a premium asset as your captain. And then there's fixtures the next day. If he doesn't do so well, you can rotate the captain straight back onto another premium and, you know, you've got that safety of knowing, um, you know, you've got plenty of uh, big hitters in your team. So, um, yeah, that's that's the great thing about this game. There's just so many quality premium options as, as captain. So, yeah, it's really, really good. Yeah, it's definitely quite refreshing to see. So that's sort of Group A and Group B, and they're two very competitive groups uh, with a lot of big teams in them. Uh, a group which might be a little less um, sort of, you know, big in terms of the, the teams and everything like that. You know, they don't have the, the big hitters of PSG and whatnot. They've got Borussia Dortmund, Ajax, Besiktas and Sporting. But, you know, people shouldn't sleep on this group, group should they, Guru? It's a, you know, there's a lot of good fantasy potential in here. Maybe not in terms of the quality of the matches uh, compared to the other groups, but it's going to be a really good group for fantasy, do you think? Oh, I think it's going to be a brilliant group. Obviously, you look at, you know, Dortmund, really expansive style of play. Good to watch. They've got Haaland in there. Um, you know, I think we've mentioned a few times and I'm seeing the Instagram, I'd be very surprised if he's not at near 100% ownership just with the, you know, his style of play, the amount of goals he scored. He's just a freak, isn't he? He's phenomenal. Um, you know, Ajax, again, great football inside. Um, you know, they play great football. Lots of good options in their team too. You know, Besiktas, I think they've got, is it Yilmaz um, up front? Um, you know, he's a big threat. And then you've got Sporting uh, Lisbon who obviously won the Portuguese uh, league last season, um, you know, and they've got a great, um, you know, great style to them. Um, so, yes, yeah, a really exciting group. And I think there's going to be FPL potential, you know, throughout this group, lots of enablers, you know, lots of sort of lesser, lesser players other than obviously Holland. Um, I'd probably say the other sides um, and even other players at Dortmund, um, you know, probably aren't going to be that, that premium price range. So there's a lot of, uh, yeah, good enablers to come from here. There's someone uh, obviously big in our Euro fancy at Dortmund, Thomas Munier as well, is a bit of a you know good defender to look at, fullback. So um, yeah, it's going to be a, a big one. Obviously, we've seen then Hall and Greater than Pele. So um, yeah, 
<laughs> another exciting open group. I can't wait for this one. I think this is uh, yeah, this is going to be big. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Dortmund as well, they've got, I was looking at it and a little bit of an enabler sort of midfielder. They've got Marco Royce and I know he's getting a bit older now, but, you know, he's playing a lot of the games for Dortmund this season. And I think personally, he could be quite a good option to have. You know, they've lost Jaden Sancho this summer to Man United. So they've got to have that creative sort of spark in their midfield. And, you know, Royce has been such a, a brilliant player for Dortmund for so long, just ruined by injuries, unfortunately. But do you think he might be a decent option, Guru? You know what? Like obviously, we're gonna we'll, we'll cut ahead. He is actually on my list when we go through our differentials for um, you know later on in the pod. He's actually on there, so you've uh, you know you've managed to guess one already. He's three percent owned. He's eight million. Um, I think he's a big differential. He's obviously the the captain there. Um, you know, takes games by the scruff of the neck. I think he's a yeah brilliant, brilliant option in, in what we're expecting to be a very open group. So yeah, I love that choice on, on Marco Royce. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's worth mentioning with Dortmund as well. They've got a couple of goalkeepers that are actually quite cheap as well. And for a team which are fairly solid defensively, I think it's a, it's a good idea to to look at the, the Dortmund goalkeepers, you know, who's been playing in their, their matches and stuff like that and uh, to decide from there. But for the rest of the group, Guru, there's not really too much that excites you then, I'm going to assume. Ajax might have a couple of players. Um, I know Daniel's mentioned uh, Anthony, their right winger Brazilian. So he's definitely uh, the razzler of the group, as he said. So, you know, is there too much from Ajax that sort of excites you? There is. Um, I've got a uh, there's another sort of differential pick um, so I'll discuss later but um, you know someone in my team Alvarez um, is someone that's going to be a bit of an enabler at four and a half million. Uh, Seb who's a big member of our Discord you know talks about them a lot in the uh, in the Champions League chat. It's obviously mentioned Heller as well he seems to be obviously ex-West Ham didn't have the best time at West Ham but you know he's banging in the goals at Ajax um, you know, they've got Stecklenburg in goal at the moment at four and a half million, um, you know, whilst their other goalkeepers out with a ban. So, yeah, there's definitely some um, some big prospects from this Ajax team, um, which excites me. Yeah, and Besiktas, I know we talked about on Friday and you were saying that, uh, oh, sorry, on Wednesday last week with their, with their fixtures and everything, and you were saying that, you know, Turkey's a very tough place to go, but, you know, in the realms of fantasy, Besiktas these days, there isn't too much that would excite me, and I'm going to assume it's going to be fairly similar for you, Guru? Yeah, look, I think there's obviously Yilmaz in there, the uh, the big centre-forward. Um, you know, it was a big one on our uh, radar for the Euros, but, um, you know, he didn't quite pull anything off so um yeah i think other than him there's probably not too much else i'd uh, i'd look out for from a, an fpl perspective uh, to be honest yeah and then sporting is it is it much the same you know there's not too much quality there as hamish just said they did lose noon mendes uh they're, they're left back quite highly rated by a lot of people online um you know so i think they're probably going to be the team to be in and around that bottom of this group do you think guru um yeah not too sure i think obviously they were a strong side in the portuguese league last year um you know they got a talented up-and-coming manager um and i think sarabia who was another one from the euro fantasy um it was really good for spain he's in that that sporting team and i think he's one to definitely keep an eye out uh, for um so yeah i don't think they'll uh They'll kind of be bottom of this group. I think probably looking more towards that maybe third, second at a push possibly. But yeah, I'd definitely be keeping eyes on uh, on Sarabia in, in this sporting team for sure. 
Yeah, he was a brilliant enabler for the for the Euro fantasy, especially in those sort of later stages with uh, with how far Spain progressed. But that's Group C. And there's just one more group that I want to discuss with you, Guru. It's Group F, and uh, it would be rude not to discuss this group considering Man United do have Mr. Champions League himself, Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, so, you know, look no further. I know he's probably going to be in a lot of people's teams um, even before he made his debut for Man United last night, but I think there's going to be a, a fairly high ownership for Cristiano Ronaldo. Would you agree with that assessment, Guru? Yeah, I agree. Obviously, he loves the Champions League and you know scores buckets of goals in this. And I think you know he's got some sides in there. Um, Villarreal, a pretty stubborn side. Man United will remember them from the Europa League final. Obviously, went to penalties and, and Villarreal got one over on, on United in that one. Um, but Atalanta, very attacking team, expecting an open game uh, f- for Man United when they play them. And then you've got uh, the young boys in there as well, um, sort of traditional um, basement boys in the Champions League, they kind of sort of finish bottom of most groups. So, you know, I'm expecting Ronaldo to get some returns in, in a lot of these fixtures. Villarreal as well, he would have played against him a lot in Spain, uh, scored against him plenty of times. So, um, you know, really excited about Ronaldo's prospects in uh, in this one. Yeah, and I want to talk about Marla from Atalanta. You know, he was such a, an absolute hero for the for the Euro fantasy at four and a half million. He was absolutely brilliant for them. Um, I'm sure he's going to be in a lot of people's teams as well. You know, he was a, a left wing back almost. He was playing left wing most of the time for them. And he was absolutely brilliant uh, for, you know, Denmark at the Euro. So do you think he, he can recreate that in the Champions League this season? Yeah, I think so. I've... Uh... Obviously, heard he's still doing the business at Atalanta this season. He's getting forward. He's getting on the end of things, um, you know, assists uh, and, and whatnot. So, um, yeah, really good uh, value pick, I think. And Atalanta have got you know, plenty of good options. So it's definitely a, a team to keep an eye out. Yeah, I think so too. They're uh, you know known to cause a couple of upsets, and you know they've got a fairly decent squad and uh, can definitely dominate a couple of games in this group, I think. And then for Villarreal, I think Gerard Moreno is the one that springs to mind for me. He was another one which was uh, fairly decent for the Euros. He was definitely overshun by uh, Alvaro Morata, but you know, is there anyone else from Villarreal that you think is worth having a look in? Yeah, look, there's a few options actually. I think from uh, from this Villarreal team, you've got uh, Asenjo in goal. Um, Pau Torres, who was a big one in the Euros as well. Um, there's one Foyth who had a really good Europa League campaign last year for Villarreal. Uh, he gets up and down that right-hand side. Um, Paco Alcacer as well. So, um, yeah, there's some there's some big options in this uh, in this Villarreal team. Um, but yeah, I'd probably say sort of one Foyth, Pau Torres, and um, uh, Gerard Moreno are kind of sort of the three that that stand out for me. Yeah, I think so too. And, you know, obviously we, we're going to talk about the, the fixtures of the first match day because it's definitely important to know that. As the guru was saying before, it's the same as the Euros. You can change your captains and you can make your subs mid-match day. So it's important that you field all the players playing on the first match day uh, in your team and probably stick the armband on someone who's playing then as well. So, you know, just looking at this, you've got the likes of Man United, Sevilla, uh, Barcelona and Bayern. You know, a lot of brilliant games on this first match day, Guru. So it's, it's really important that, you know, when people are making their teams they're making sure that these players are on their field even if they don't think they're going to score as many points as someone playing on the second match day because we saw it with the Euros you know you never know and it was just so important um, to to make sure that the people playing you sort of have to put them in your team in in chronological order almost don't you? Yeah that's one thing about this is you've got to really uh, make sure you know when the fixtures are on um, you know what match day because you you don't want to uh, put your team out have all your players playing on sort of the Wednesday games um, and then all your Tuesday players on the bench, because obviously you can rotate 
and subs. So um, yeah, there's a bit of planning involved. Um, but yeah, it's um, you know it's all part and parcel of the the fun of this uh, type of game. Yeah. So do you think Ronaldo is going to be a, a fairly captained, uh, you know, high captain player on this first you know match day against young boys, Mr. Champions League? You know, you'd like to think he'd be one of the top, uh, you know, people with the armband on him for the first match day, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think he'll. Uh, I think he'll bag a goal or two in this one for sure. Um, you know, the, these fixtures, he uh, you know scores for fun in. So I think Ronaldo's going to be a very high uh, captaincy pick for this game. Yeah, and I want to just quickly touch on Sevilla because we didn't touch on them in any of the groups. But, you know, we we're talking about your man, uh, Eric Lamella, the other day. And, you know, he's been getting off to a fairly good start for Sevilla. And I know he's a, definitely an enabler in that midfield. They've got the likes of a Campos and, you know, they've, they've got a fairly decent side. They have lost Luke de Jong to Barcelona, which my head is still trying to process after watching him at Newcastle all those years ago. But the move has been made. So, you know, Sevilla are a, a team with a lot of cheap assets as well. I think Guru and they're definitely sort of a, an enabler team in this competition. Oh, hugely. Obviously, you've mentioned a couple there, um, which are exciting. They've also got Diego Carlos. Um, you know, for those that play FIFA and FIFA Ultimate Team, he's a, you know, very talented on that game. So if he can replicate that in uh, UEFA Champions League fantasy, we're going to have a, a top asset enabler on our hand. He's only about four and a half million as well. So um, yes, yeah, Seville got uh, stacks of good players in uh, in this side. Um, yes, yeah, so I really like in uh, what they have to offer. Yeah, me too. And then the, probably the, the game of the first match day is Barcelona by Munich. So do you think, you know, is it a smart idea to, I know myself, I've gone with Lewandowski uh, in my team, which we will touch on in just a little bit. But, you know, they sort of do clash on the first match day, which might put a fair few managers off. But you think it's important that, you know, people still have these players in their team, even if they don't think that, you know, their first fixture is the most easy game? I think so. Obviously, you only get, uh, you get two transfers uh, per match day, I believe. And, you know, there's a couple of chips and stuff that you're going to have to navigate, but you know you're still going to want some, um, you know, some Bayern Munich players at some stage during this group. Um, Barcelona, um, yeah, look, they're they're not the Barcelona of you know back in this this time when this shirt come out. There's a big difference in their in their squad and their lineup now, but um, yeah, I'd still be wanting to try and get some uh, some of the Bayern players in if you can. Yeah, and Daniel's just said that he does have three Bayern players. He's got Alfonso Davies, Benjamin Pavard and Manuel Neuer. So he's putting a lot of hope in that Bayern Munich defence. And as you said, they're definitely not the Barcelona of old, similarly to, to AC Milan, as we mentioned before. So I think it's a, a fairly safe option to, to go you know, more Bayern weighted for that game. But that's the first match day. And just the reminder, uh, you want to field all those players, You know, even if you think that players from this second match day uh, aren't going to you know, perform as well. It's so important that you do field them and stick your armband on someone who's playing in those first set of fixtures but the second day guru I think for me if my captain does blank on the first day that armband is going to go straight on Erling Haaland for the for the second set of fixtures and I think it's uh, quite hard to, to look past that. Yeah look, I think we'll see a lot of captain's armbands in Haaland if uh, you know there is a blank from you know maybe a Ronaldo if that's who you've gone with on the first uh, first set of games um, but obviously there's there's Paris in there too so you've got Neymar and Mbappe uh, and Lionel Messi so there's definitely a few big options um, but yeah I think Holland's going to be yeah sort of the main one um, for this fixture for, for most people.
Yeah, and if it's not Holland, as you've said, it's going to be probably one of those PSG players that you've got in your team. You know, if you've got Messi up front or Neymar or, you know, the Mbappes, those sorts of players against Club Bruges, you could imagine that that one might get a little bit ugly uh, for the Belgian side. So do you think if it's not going to be Holland in your team, you should probably definitely go with a, a PSG player if you can find one just for that captaincy, you know, fullback almost, if you will, on that second set of fixtures? I think so. Um, you know, obviously Messi, um, He's done lots of big things in the Champions League, you know, big player. So, um, you know, it's not a bad, uh, it's not a bad vice captain option to Holland, is he, Lionel Messi? So, yeah, PSG is a uh, plenty of talent to pick from there. Yeah, absolutely. And I've, I've got a quick question from you uh, for you, Guru, from Daniel. He says, if you pick one captain, then he scores in the second game day. Do you get the other captain points as well, or do you lose the points from game day one? Um. So, yeah, if you have your captain on the first game, um, first game day, and then the next day you make a change, um, that's the decision. Um, so that second day player, those points will remain and you'll lose the ones from, from the first one. So say on the uh, the first game you captain Ronaldo, um, you know, he scores, uh, gets 12 points as captain, uh, but then you change it to Haaland on the next day, you'll lose those extra six points from Ronaldo um, and then you bring Haaland in. And then you'll get the uh, the double points for him. So yeah, that's always the risk, and this was the big risk in Euro fantasy. You know, we saw a lot of times where, um, you know, on the first match day, uh, first day of the round, a player might score, and then people would gamble, uh, you know, change it to another player, and then that player might, you know, not score. And you know, that's that's the big risk that um, you get in this Champions League fantasy is you know potentially changing your captain. Um, so yeah, that that really makes it interesting. Yeah, and it was a lot more difficult with the with the Euros because there were so many different days where games were played. So you did get a couple of goes at getting your captain pick right. But as the guru said, it's sort of a, a stick a twist situation. Do you keep what you've got or do you go for, you know, potentially more spoils? It's, a, it's, an, it's an interesting one. But, you know, the good thing about these sort of UEFA fantasies is that you have a lot more control over your team mid-match day. It's not like FPL where it's locked in at the deadline. No changes until the next week. Um, you definitely get a little bit more agency around your team uh, during the match day for this one but um we'll, we'll stop talking about the fixtures now guru and we'll get onto your team i know we touched on it uh, ever so briefly on the friday night team selection podcast but i brought it up on screen there now and you know you, you look at it you look at the forward straight away with the, the easy way for fantasy games and harlan's the first player that i'm noticing in your forward line and um yeah he is he essential we've said it a lot 100 percent ownership he should have shouldn't he uh, i think so it's just scores every game he plays really so um yeah, these these group games, I think he's going to score a lot of goals, and um, yeah, really excited to you know be able to own him in a uh, in a fantasy league game. So yeah, must have for me. Yeah, absolutely. And Daniel just asks again, Guru, can you make transfers mid match day? No, you can't. So um, you'll have your uh, your match day one, which is obviously the Tuesday night games, the Wednesday night games, and then when the match day is over, you'll have two transfers until the next deadline. So. Yeah, you can't do them uh, during the match day, I'm afraid. It would be a cool feature if you could, but yeah, no, they're not that nice to us. <laughs> Absolutely not. And Daniel, you can make substitutions mid-match day as well. So if you can't make your transfers, um, it just sort of, you know, emphasises that you've got to have a 15-match squad, um, 15, sorry, player squad. You know, you don't want your 
just one starting eleven like you might do for for the Premier League fantasy, but it's important to to build a squad, so, you know, so you can have those interchanges if those players do end up blanking. But um, Lionel Messi is sat next to Erling Haaland, their guru, and you know it's starting to get a little bit unfair when you look at the forwards, just the the sheer quality. Um, Lionel Messi, as we've said, they've got Bruges on the first day. You know, you'd be expecting a, a fair bit from him, wouldn't you? Yeah, look, I I think it's. Uh... You know, a game where I look at it on paper, you should really come out with a couple of goals. And, you know, for me personally, I've gone with the, you know, Hall and Messi-Ronaldo combination. I just thought this could be, you know, coming towards the end of the, the Messi-Ronaldo era. And I wanted to get them both on a, on a fancy team at the same time whilst I could. So, um, you know, especially whilst I've obviously joined new sides, they're not in the league or anymore. And yeah, Messi, um, yeah, really looking forward to, to owning him and having him for this fixture, it's going to be big. I can see a couple of goals from him already. Yeah, and, you know, Bruges, as I said, it might get a little bit ugly for them. But the armband is on Cristiano Ronaldo against young boys. I think that's a fairly safe bet. As you said, you'd expect a couple from him in that game. You'd like to hope, you know, such a prolific player in the Champions League. Um, so you'd, you'd be hoping for a, a, a big, nice return from Ronaldo there, wouldn't you, Guru? Yeah, look, especially against, uh, obviously, young boys, um, you know, they've traditionally lost a lot of games in the Champions League when they've been in it, um, lost to a lot of the, the big players and big teams. So, um, yeah, Ronaldo, I think he's got that match date, that first game um, on the first set of games. So, you know, if he does struggle, then I can switch it the next night. But, yeah, I'm expecting Ronaldo hopefully to you know grab a couple of goals early so there's no sort of stress about having to change my captain the, the next day. So, yeah, I'm expecting some some returns for him in this one. Yeah, absolutely. And Moo, I think that's a, it's a really nice front three that you've got there. I'm going to assume that your midfield is fairly strong as well. But Yota Guru is one that we haven't really mentioned. He's a, a forward in this game. So, you know, he's he's more of an enabler sort of striker compared to, you know, the Haaland's and the, the Messi's, the, the Ronaldo's and the Lewandowski's, but Benzema as well. Benzema and Yota are two great options. If you want to go for that stronger midfield, um, do you think that those two are fairly suitable assets? Um, yeah, look, I think... Uh... Both of them are. Uh, Yotta, obviously, um, you know, seen how good he is in, in FPL. Um, and in this, the only difference in this between FPL is, uh, you know, he's a striker in this game. So in FPL, he's a midfielder. Um, we're not going to get those midfielder points out of Yotta in this one, which is a bit of a disappointment. But, you know, eight million is cheap. Um, you, know, you can put him up there. Gives you more money to sort of spread amongst your squad, make the squad stronger. Um, you know, maybe put it into some more defensive minded players as well. Um and then, yeah, Benzema as well. We'll we'll, uh, we'll talk a bit more about him uh, later in another section. But, um, yeah, they're both still great striking options amongst so, so many great striking options in this game. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as, as you said, if you do want to go stronger in your midfield, I think Yotta is a, a brilliant option to have up top. He was brilliant for Liverpool last season in the Champions League. Uh, so you never really know, you know, how it's going to go. They've got a, a fairly difficult group this year, but, you know, they're Liverpool. They always seem to find a way in these European competitions. So um, we'll move on to your midfield now, Guru. And Chiesa is the first man. He was such a hero uh, for the Euro fantasy. He was sort of, uh, you know, missed out on the first couple of games for Italy. Didn't really do too much, but he definitely worked his way uh, into the tournament and you know he's going to be that sort of focal point for Juventus you'd think wouldn't you you know Ronaldo's left there's not really too much going on um you know and their forwards wise it's Dybala and Chiesa and your favoured Chiesa um you know I think he's a, a really good option and uh you know he, he's not cheap is he is he nine million I think yeah he's nine million and I think the, the idea around putting him in was you know exactly as you said there's no Ronaldo there now I think 
you know, there's going to be someone else there to be a bit more of a talisman. Um, you know, grab the goals, take the limelight. And every time I sort of watch this guy play, it excites me. Um, and nine million, I wanted to have at least one, you know, semi-premium sort of option in, in midfield. Um, obviously, I've got all the all my money in my attack. So, um, you know, I wanted one uh, one sort of midfield uh, player. Obviously, Daniel's mentioned there, they're struggling a bit in the league. But, you know, I'm hoping the, um, you know, the Champions League, they can sort of come out against the likes of Malmo and, you know, might um, take the pressure off them a bit from Serie A and sort of still expecting them to come out and beat the likes of Malmo, hopefully. So, um, yeah, I like Chiesa, I like watching him play. And, um, yeah, he's, he's a favourite of mine in this uh, in this game. Yeah, I'm not too sure if he's he's classified as a, a razzler by Daniel's uh, stamp of approval, but he's definitely a, a very skillful player and he lit up the Euros. So I think he's definitely a, a good option to have. And if we move on to the, the second man in your midfield in the middle, Fabinho. And, you know, a lot of people that maybe play FPL might be a little bit confused with this pick, Guru, but he's five and a half million. And, you know, you get a point for every three interceptions or, you know, ball recoveries that a player makes. So I think it's, a, you know, a, a fairly decent pick to, to have in your team you know Kante's injured at the minute uh, by the looks of things so you know there's a lot of uh, cloud of you know uncertainty around that so I think Fabinho you know he's in your team purely just for the the ball recoveries isn't he Guru but he's a really good you know cheap enabler option in your midfield yeah that's it I've got him in there he's obviously five and a half mil and I just thought you know, every three ball recoveries you're going to get the extra point he, that's his his bread and butter is winning the ball back um and then also with Fabinho, uh, Liverpool expects uh, some tight games where they might keep a few clean sheets. So you're going to get the extra clean sheet point. Um, and he does like the odd uh, the odd screamer as well, does Fabinho. He was brilliant back at Monaco in the Champions League a few years back. Um, obviously brilliant for Liverpool, um, making a couple of finals as well. well. One of them, I think he was at, sorry, he was at Liverpool for the the one final, which I won't, won't talk too much about, um, that they won. Um, but... Um, yeah, I think Fabinho for me is really in here for his his defensive recoveries, you know, the clean sheet points, and then you know the odd uh, the odd attack and return maybe, but yeah, it's really just that that option to be able to to fit the big boys in up front. Yeah, and you know the the third man moves got him in his his midfield as well. He says he's got Coman, uh, Cruz, and Ferran Torres, and I think you know that's a fairly strong midfield. Uh, Kingsley Coman's one that I haven't seen in too many teams so far, but he's definitely going to be a good option uh, against Barcelona on that first day, you'd think. But um, Ferran Torres, guru, uh, you know. He's, he's playing at the minute for City as a, a number nine. So you'd like to think that if he's playing in the Champions League, he's going to be sort of holding that position again. But even if he's not, you know, he's, he's been such a good player for Man City this season. And, you know, when he's been given the opportunity, um, you know, like most players in that Man City team, if you give them the opportunity, they're going to perform for you because they've got so much quality in and around each other. And um, what was the sort of thought process behind picking Ferran Torres over the likes of, you know, your man Gundogan though? Yeah, look, I think I just wanted some Man City coverage in there. Obviously, other than the the PSG games, I like their fixtures. I think they can be quite open. Uh, and Ferran Torres is kind of the go-to man at the moment. Um, you know, that might change up till deadline. Um, you know, Pep likes to obviously rotate. Uh, didn't play Mares or Sterling last night, so you know we might see them get the nod in the in the Champions League for this uh, for this first game against Leipzig. Um, but for now, he's there. I just wanted that Man City coverage and. You know, with this positional change as a, as a centre forward, I thought, you know, seven and a half million is too good to say no to right now. 
Yeah, and Sam just made the, the good point or the, the good question to bring up. You know, Ronaldo did score a brace, but will he start against young boys? I think, you know, it's been a lot of debate since Ronaldo's come in uh, to Man United. You know, how much game time is he going to have, you know, in his legs? You know, he's getting a bit older now, but in my opinion, he's going to be demanding to play every single minute of every single game that he physically feels that he can, Guru. And I don't think that, you know, too many people are going to argue with that. You'd like to think that, He's going to start. And even if he doesn't, you know, you'd, you'd hope that if he's coming off the bench, he can still, you know, have some sort of influence on that game. But, you know, he, he's got the captain's armband for you. So are you backing him in to start? A hundred percent. He'll start, um, you know, grab his goals and then they'll give him his rest. And, you know, he did say in his uh, in his interview, you know, he's not joined Man United for a, for a vacation. So, you know, I think he'll be forcing his way into as many lineups as possible. And I think he'll be playing in all these Champions League fixtures up until the point that, you know, Man United are secured, you know, possibly into the next round. So, yeah, I've got no uh, no sort of qualms. I think he'll not play. I think he's certain to start in this one, especially after, you know, his couple of goals yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. And if we move on to your defence now, you've got Marla as the first player there. And we spoke about him before. He was so good at the Euros. And, you know, he must love the, the tournament style game. So Atalanta, defender, you know, he got forward a lot lots of goals, lots of assists at the Euros. Um, you're hoping for the same from him in the Champions League this season then? Yeah, 100%. I've got Marler in there purely for his, you know, the way he attacks. I'm not expecting huge amounts of uh, clean sheets from Atalanta. Um, the defence has changed a lot from last season. Um, but I've got him in there just purely because he you know, pretty much acts as a winger with, uh, with the position that he plays in. So, yeah, really excited about having him again in a, in a fantasy team. Yeah, and Thomas Munier was another one uh, of the Euros that was such a hero. I remember having him in my team for the, the first game and uh, he didn't start, but he came off the bench and I think he got a 15-pointer in the end for Belgium. And, you know, Dortmund have got, you know, not an easy group uh, by any means, but they've got a, a fairly, you know, favourable sort of set of fixtures. Um, they played Besiktas on the first game. And as you've said, Guru, you know, Turkey's not an easy place to go, but are you backing him? Maybe not for a clean sheet in this game, but do you think, you know, attacking returns and all, all sorts from him? Yeah, that's that's exactly how I'm looking at it. I'm looking at Dortmund. They do concede goals. You know, they play a very attacking style of football. But um, you know, again, Munier, similar to Mala, um, you know, he's pretty much a uh, an attacking player, very high up on that right hand side. Um, so he's really in there just for his attacking returns. And we know, you know, as a defender, if you get a goal, um, you get more points. So um, yeah, he's really in there because he's you know virtually a a winger that's uh, that's classified as a defender. So. Yeah, another one that I can't wait to, to watch in the, in this Champions League. Yeah, absolutely. And we've got a question from Sam. I'll just bring it up on screen, Guru. And it's directed at you. He says, why not prefer Salah over Chiesa by making 1.5 million free from elsewhere? And I'll let you answer this one uh, however you, you mean to. Um, apologies. Actually, the question just disappeared off my, uh, off my screen for a second. Um, why not prefer... Um... Yeah, look, that's a, that's a very good question. Look, if there's going to be somewhere, um, you know, that I do make it available, it could be downgrading someone like Donnarumma, um, you know, and having a, a four and a half million goal, goalkeeper in there. So it's actually a really, really good point. Um, but again, it's just more so this is my initial draft. This isn't necessarily my final draft. There's probably going to be some changes. Um, so, yeah, it's actually a pretty good shout. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Salah is someone that I think... Um, you know, it's going to be big in this comp, uh, grabs a lot of goals. But yeah, for now, I've, it's my draft and I've kind of built my team more so to be able to fit a squad. Um, I think this is more of a squad game in the, in the Champions League. You get the substitutions and, you know, the rotation. 
and sort of the second chance being able to pick players on the uh, on the second day and sub them in. So yeah, for now I didn't want to put too much sort of money into just my lineup. I wanted to spread the money onto my bench as well. So that's uh, that's probably why I've got um, my money spread amongst uh, my uh, my squad. Yeah, it's a good point. Spoke- it's a good point. It is a good point. I think, you know, I definitely was persuaded by Pizza Boy in our in our Discord. I think, you know, he, he made me feel that, you know, it's fairly essential that you've got to have Salah. So when we touch on my team in just a little bit when we finish yours, um, he's obviously going to feature in that one for me. But, you know, Cesar Azpilicueta Guru, um, he's another one, you know, he's getting a bit older, but he's going to want to play every single minute that he can. He's the captain for Chelsea. So you're going to assume that if anyone's going to play for them at the back, it's going to be him. Um, he's fairly nailed on to start, you'd think. So they've got a, a fairly, you know, not easy group in it, but it's it's Zenit and Malmo, isn't it? And then it's Juventus. So it's a, a couple of difficult fixtures for them. But, you know, you'd like to hope that clean sheets from Azpilicueta and, you know, he's known to pop up with a, an important goal every now and then isn't he yeah that's it and um you know he, he was benched last night for Chelsea which has obviously given me a bit of confidence that you know that's with the um the thought process of him starting in the week in the Champions League and actually come off last night the bench and did grab the assist for a Chelsea goal so um yeah had to get some Chelsea coverage in there with the Zenit games uh the Malmo games um you know clean sheet machine under under Tuchel so um only five million as well so I think he's uh He's a bargain for now, especially in the early games. And then again, you know, once uh, qualification, you know, is possibly sewn up and, um, you know, they might put a few different assets in there. But yeah, I can see uh, him doing the business early on for Chelsea. Yeah, and Diego Carlos is one that we discussed before, four and a half million, um, fairly nailed on to start for Sevilla. So, you know, you'd expect expecting a couple of uh, nice returns from him there. Sevilla don't have the most challenging group, so it'll be interesting to see. But Donnarumma in goal, we mentioned it just before when you said you could go for a, a four and a half million price goalkeeper and upgrade Chiesa. But, you know, PSG have got such a solid defence. They've just, you know, the team that they've got on paper is absolutely ridiculous. So you'd be expecting clean sheets all round uh, from PSG. 100%. And Donnarumma, uh, he's in there because uh, obviously a bit of the Euros, um and then uh yeah just expecting some clean sheets in these bruge games um possibly even the leipzig ones and you know in the city ones um you know a lot of save points he's just yeah such a top quality goalkeeper and i wanted a bit more PS, uh, psg coverage outside of messi yeah, I think it's fair. And if you just take us through your bench as well, Guru, as you've said, it's important to have a squad, not just to start at 11. So what's your thought process behind your bench? Yeah, let's Stecklenburg um, is currently the number one at Ajax. Uh, whilst there's a, a ban for, the, for their other goalkeeper. Um, so, you know, it's an easy rotation option. Um, Eric Lamella's in there. Um, obviously, ex-Spurs player. I just wanted some coverage from... From Spurs in there, so I'm not going to be able to get any from from them. So um, now that he's he's had a great start to life at Seville, um, playing as a bit of a false nine at times as well. So um, got him in there for now. Um, Alvarez, huge enabler, cheap player uh, in midfield, um, and uh, I've been sold by him quite a bit in the Discord by Seb, who's our resident Ajax fan. And then Rousselon, uh, four million. Wolfsburg have got a fantastic uh, defensive record under Van Bommel. Um, yeah, so. Has to go in there at that price. I think he starts quite a lot of games in the Bundesliga. So, yeah, hoping to get some some minutes out of him in the Champions League. 
Yeah, and Moo's uh, talking up again, Guru. He says that he thinks your front line's too expensive and, uh, you know, you, you haven't got Hakimi in your defence um, to sort of, you know, get you the, the clean sheets and the goals and the assists. So what do you make of that? Personally, I would say, you know, you've got to go strong in your forwards because they're just so important in this game. And, you know, you've got to sort of sacrifice that defence a little bit for the for the benefit of the strikers. But what do you sort of make of it? Yeah, look, I think he raises, he raises a fair point, but... Um... You know, when you're going into a tournament uh, fantasy game like this and you've got the likes of Ronaldo, Messi and, and Haaland coming in there, you know, they're all goal machines and, you know, they've got great fixtures in the first round. So, um, you know, for me, I wanted to go heavy on on the attack. You know, Haaland against Besiktas, Messi against Bruges, Ronaldo against Young Boys. Um, I'll be backing them for goals and, and more points um, than what I would if I, uh, you know, kind of downgraded them for some other assets and had Hakimi in there. So, raises a fair point, but... Yeah, I had to go heavy on on those strikers. I just I got you know, great confidence in them uh, all bagging a goal or two. Yeah, absolutely. And just one more question before we sort of just compare our teams together. Sam says, "What's your thoughts on why Naldum is an asset? Obviously, at the Euros again, he was so good. He played in that sort of free role for the Netherlands. So, what do you make of him?" Yeah, good choice. I I did have a sort of think about putting him in my side. Um, you know, he's also someone that's quite flexible in in, in his position. So. You know, you might even get the odd ball recovery from him as well. Um, but he seems to be playing a bit more attack-minded at PSG. But then, you know, what kind of put me off is I did look at PSG's results this season and, um, you know, he's not actually scored a goal yet. So, um, yeah, it kind of put me off and I just thought I'll save the money somewhere else. Um, and he's someone that I can bring in if need to be. But I think for now, Messi is more than enough PSG, PSG attacking coverage for me. Yeah, and if we, you know, that's a brilliant team that you got, Guru. There's definitely some inspiration that I'm going to be taking from your starting lineup into mine. If we just bring mine up on screen now, there's a, a fair few points of difference, you know, in our team. There's a couple of similarities. You know, we both have Haaland, we've both got Messi. Uh, you know, we've both got Fabinho, both got Munier and Aspilicueta. But other than that, it's fairly different. I favoured Gundogan over Torres. I think that, you know, Gundogan... You know, he did start for City on the weekend. He was captain, so that might be uh, subject to change, as I said. Maybe I'll have to pinch a couple of your ideas, but the, the Alvarez enabler pick as well. There's a lot of similarities between our teams. Um, you know, sort of, if, if there's one player from my team that, you know, you think maybe that I shouldn't have in my team, who would you pick? Because I do need a bit of advice. I've been tossing and turning with it. Sleepless nights from me, Guru. I'm not sure with it. It was the same as the Euros. So if you had to give me any advice on this team, what would you sort of say? It is a very good team. I've got to say the lineup's super strong. Um, you know, you've got goals everywhere. You've got penalty takers in there. You've got set piece takers. You've got fullbacks. Um, you know, you've got goals up front. Um, it's quite hard. I probably so I can't can't really criticise too much from that starting lineup. To be honest, um, you know, goalkeeper. Um, you've obviously gone a bit more budget, but you know, in a group that you know, there's probably potential for some clean sheets for. Football news. So um, the only thing I'd probably maybe say is, um, you know, maybe on the bench. Um, yeah, not too sure. You know, if you have a couple of players that play on that first first day uh, and they don't get good scores, I'm not too sure if you've got much on the bench that you can kind of switch back in there and um, where you can be confident that you can get, you know, some heavy points. But in terms of your actual lineup, I think it's pretty spot on. Um, you know, great side. Plenty of goals, like I said, in midfield. You've got penalty takers. Sorry, plenty of goals up front. You've got penalty takers in midfield. Um, yeah, and you've got clean sheets galore and, and fullbacks in defence. So, yeah, very good team. Yeah, well, thank you. I think it's a, a very fair point, as you say, 
Um, you know, you've got to have 15 players in your squad. And as, as you've mentioned, you know, off the bench, there's not too much, especially in the, the two midfielders aren't known to score too many goals. So if you are, you know, starting the players on the first day, you'd probably want those defensive minded ones that will get you the ball recoveries on that first day. And then you can bring in the, the heavyweights and the, the big point returners on the second day. But um, yeah, I think that's a, a fair assessment. And as we've said, a lot of similarities, a lot of differences in our team. Um, so I think it's it's nice to see, you know, a lot of people have got a, a variety of teams and picking a lot of, uh, of different players. But um, in terms of the players that you must have in your team and uh, the must-have assets, the differentials, uh, we're going to head to the, the Guru's Guru section now. And um, we're going to just, I'm just going to let him discuss, you know, the important players that you've got to have in your team. So we'll start with them, Guru. So one player from each position, take it away. Yeah, let's thank Zell. I think, um, you know, I'm going to start with goalkeepers and I'm going to go with, obviously, I know I've got Donnarumma in, in my side, but um, there's another goalkeeper who's uh, caught my eye um, of late and in, in last season's Champions League. Um, obviously, they won the Champions League, Chelsea, and it's going to be Mendy. Um, you know, rock solid defence. They've got some nice fixtures in there. You've obviously got the Zenit games, the Malmo games, a couple of tough ones against Juve, but, you know, I can see Mendy getting a lot of clean sheets um, and, and some save points to go with. Um, going into defence, um, I've put Hakimi down. I know he's not on my side again, but, you know, he's got high ownership. Um, PSG are an attacking side. He seems to be a very popular choice. So, you know, he's probably a um, sort of must have um, for a lot of sides. Uh, going into midfield, um, I think Mo Salah's pretty safe shout, pretty safe bet. Um, some of the discussion and comments I've had tonight, I think I might be, uh, you know, potentially getting him in my, in my team uh, if I can. Um, and then striker, I think Holland's, uh, you know, an absolute must-have. You know, I love to know the um, the justification for for not owning him for people that don't own him. So. You know, give us some comments, put some stuff in the Discord or in the comments if you don't own Holland and why, because um, I would be very interested to know. So, um, you know, I'd definitely say they're my uh, my four must-haves um, at this stage. Yeah, and I definitely agree with you there, Guru. I think if you don't have Haaland in your team, uh, there's probably something going wrong and, you know, you definitely need him. Um He's just brilliant goal machine, um, does absolutely everything for that Dortmund team. And they are quite reliant on him as well at times. So, you know, if they're going to be scoring goals, you nine times out of 10, it's going to be that man, uh, the focal point of their team. So I think he's one that, as we said, you should have 100% ownership going into this competition. But there obviously will be people that won't end up picking him. But um, if we move on to your three differentials now, and we have discussed two of them, but there's one that we've managed to keep close to, you've managed to keep close to your chest there. So if you just take us through your three differentials, picks mate yeah look the two we've mentioned one Royce uh, 8 million he's 3% owned very attacking uh, Dortmund team you know he, uh, he managed to get himself on, on a lot of the set pieces and um, you know dictates the game so um, I think Royce is someone that you know 8 million not bad differential 3% owned um, Benzema you know another Champions League expert always scores goals to Real Madrid you know 10 million 7% uh, owned so you know, something a bit different if you do want to sort of move away from the Messi, Ronaldo, Holland template uh, or Lewandowski. Um, and then my last one, um, someone who, you know, I really, really like this player in uh, in the Champions League, you know, scores a lot of goals uh, for Ajax. Uh, he's only 1% owned, which I can understand because, you know, you've got Messi, Lewandowski, uh, Ronaldo all heavily, heavily owned with Holland. Um, but it's Dusan Tadic, um, you know, really good player 
Uh, I think he's on the on pens and set pieces as well. This is another one I've, I've discussed uh, with Seb, who's our uh, resident Ajax fan in our Discord. So, yeah, I think Tadic is a uh, a big differential in what's a you know a pretty open group for Ajax. Yeah, and I love the the Tadic pick, Guru. I must say, I, I, di- I did look at him a little bit, and I was surprised to see just how low his ownership was. Again, you know, he's definitely for me favoured over you know Sebastian Haller, who also plays there. You know, Tadic. If we take it back a couple of years, that game against Real Madrid, it was absolutely brilliant for Ajax in that season in the Champions League. Um, obviously, it didn't end too well for them, but it did end quite well for Spurs uh, in that game against them, where he didn't manage to do too much for them. But um, I absolutely love that pick, and you know, we've obviously discussed Royce and Benzema as well. Ben Benzema, um, you know, it's surprising to see him, you know, as a differential pick in this competition, isn't it? Because, you know, he's scored so many goals in the Champions League. So it's it's quite surprising to see, you know, a low 7% ownership. Does that one surprise you a lot, Guru? Yeah, it, it does. It does a bit. Um, at the same time, though, obviously, Messi's in a, a PSG side that's just, you know, stacked with lots of talent around him. And, um, you know, it's just exciting to be able to have him in. You've got Haaland and Ronaldo, Lewandowski. So, um, yeah, it's just it's just tough to want to like break that barrier and and throw in other strikers. But again, Benzema is world class. He's got a lot of pedigree. So yeah, it's slightly surprising to see him under ten percent owned. I thought he might at least be sort of that ten to fifteen percent range at, at a minimum. Yeah, absolutely. And Daniel asks you: Is Tadic down as a forward or a midfielder guru? Unfortunately, he's a forward, which, um, you know, I, when I was looking at him the other day and I was sort of sitting there thinking he's, he's coming in my team and, um, yeah, then realised he was actually a forward and I thought, I can't break that, that template that I won up front and, um, you know, he does come in as a as a forward. So, um, yeah, if he was a midfielder, he'd, he'd be uh, in my team for, for sure. But, um, yeah, still very good player, differential to have. So, um, yeah, exciting player, eight and a half million as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that does wrap up uh, the Guru section, Guru, and it does wrap up the podcast at the same time. So it's been a, a pleasure to sit down and chat with you, mate. You know, the, the Champions League is this week, isn't it? So it's, it's approached quickly. Uh, it's upon us. So it's just the reminder of how important it is to join the leagues. But Guru, you're excited, aren't you? I can tell, you know, there's no Spurs bias for you. There's no Newcastle bias for me. It's just, you know, get the best players that you possibly can and, uh, and go for that trophy. So are you excited for it? I can't wait. Um, obviously, we're running our, our mini leagues and there's going to be a lot of competition and, you know, it's going to be really, really good. I just can't wait to see everyone's teams, everyone's picks. You know, there's just so many uh, different options and it's just a different style to to the fancy league. So um, in the Premier League, sorry. So, um, yeah, really, really excited. I just can't wait for this. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the reminder for the free mini, the code is 80DVZL5S06. And for the paid mini, it's $10 entry fee, $10 Aussie dollars uh, worth mentioning with a 250 Aussie dollar prize pool. That's over 150 great British pounds as well. But I thank you so much for your company tonight, Guru. And I thank everybody who watched along and dropped their comments. Let us know what their thoughts were. Remember, if you're, if you're in the Discord, uh, you know, get your teams in the, the section, get the, the discussion happening. And uh, remember to like and subscribe so you never miss an upload from us. Uh, but take care, stay safe. May all your UCL fantasy dreams come true. Bye for now. Bye.